0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome one, welcome all. Once again, to the greatest show of them all, this is the NFC Beast Mixtape. You can listen to this podcast on any one of SB Nation's NFC East blog podcast networks. That is blogging the boys for Dallas Cowboys coverage, bleeding green nation for Philadelphia Eagles, big blue view for new york football giants or hogs haven for the playoff list washington commanders you can also watch this on the bleeding Your nation youtube channel or the blog and the boys youtube channel he is brandon lee gotten from bgn i am Joe from btb blg second time this week for you and i second of three conversations that you and i will have um you know we should do this more often how do we keep meeting like this
2: <laughs> uh people really liked the other pod it seems like got a lot of good feedback so we appreciate that from everyone I also wanted to give a little bit of a shout out here to our listener, Sean, who in lieu of uh, an Apple podcast review, which is what you should leave, you know, five stars Mm -hmm. rating reviews. Sean did not because he says he uh, has an Android and listens on Stitcher. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, but uh, he says he's an avid listener to all BGM content. Content, But the mixtape is definitely a ritual. Listen every week leading up to the NFC's games. Admittedly, born in Eagle sand, but always look to me and RJ for an overall assessment of how the NFC's teams are performing outside of the Eagles-Dallas matchups, for which I think RJ, despite his protesting, is a bit of a quote-unquote homer. Your combined analysis, more often than not, fair and accurate, the back and forth is always entertaining and insightful. I truly appreciate that I can tune in every week and hear a new conversation. The mixtape is only behind BGN Radio with Jimmy Kemski and my weekly listens. Also, love The Look Ahead on the SB Nation NFL show. Five stars every time. Appreciate everything y'all do. Fly, Eagles, fly. That is from, again, Sean.
1: Thank you very much, Sean. Um, And we don't say this often enough, but I think one of the best things about where we work is that we can be homers, right? Like that's, that's one of the coolest aspects of our job. our job um, to, to, you know, let the Homer flag fly. um, And, you know, out of that homerism was born the NFC East mixtape. Um, there are a lot of people who like the, the, the mixtape, so to speak. Uh, we got a lot of responses um this week to you you mentioned I thought when you said Apple podcast review, I thought you were gonna say applesauce. That was a very popular answer um to the if you had to eat five pounds in an hour uh question. I I get that. Like that that is um that's thinking and understanding yeah. the game. Um, but you know, so like I said, you know, awesome times, whatever, the look ahead. Uh, It's not actually called the look ahead, I know that is much to your chagrin. Yes, it is. Um, (laughs) but uh, but people can hear us there later on this week. Earlier, just to kind of uh, tie a bow on things in case somebody missed the first episode of the mixtape this week, this is our second. On the first one, we reviewed the Cowboys and Giants wins from the wild card round, and we touched on this week's upcoming divisional round matchup between the Eagles and the Giants. Uh, we had Ed Valentine on from that show or on that show from Big Blue View. Uh, so we have to obviously talk about the Cowboys playoff game. So, to do that, we are doing Um, Kind of a mini look ahead, even though we will do uh, a like normal look ahead this week. Um, I've already had a conversation with this person on a podcast this week. So there's a lot of cross-pollination happening here. We would like to welcome for the first time ever to the NFC East Mixtape, Rob Stats Guerrera from Niners Nation and the Look Ahead. Uh, Brandon, I did ask Stats before he and I recorded on the Ocho uh, what he would eat five pounds of in an hour. His first answer was celery.
2: no. (laughs) Right,
3: because I feel like it'd be the easiest, right? Because there's nothing to it, it's all water basically.
2: But you don't want to do that, you're by the like whatever (laughs) piece you're going to be like, This is horrible, this is a bad decision. I hate celery, your jaw's going to get sore.
1: That's what I said. I I said that like
2: physical activity of eating it would be uncomfortable.
1: He did pivot to watermelon, which I suggested, and a lot of people agreed with too. So, either one, wow. Stats, how did you feel listening to us kind of like hyping up the mixtape? You're somebody who, um and notoriously hates on the mixtape behind the scenes. I don't like it here. I'm not going to lie. It's the <laughs> 49ers against the NFC East in these playoffs. Bring it on. Wow. I hadn't, like, totally realized that. Um, you know, there's a bit of a presumption there that the 49ers are going to make it to the NFC Championship game. Uh, obviously, if they do, they will have to play a second NFC East team. What is your ideal path, Stats, before we get into the Cowboys-Niners game? Are you, are you rooting for the Giants on Saturday night? Oh, 100%. Philly was my pick to come out of the NFC before the year started. So I
3: mm-hmm. clearly have respect for the Eagles. Yeah, I would take the 49ers against Daniel Jones any
2: day of the week. Also, mm. if the Eagles win the Super Bowl stats, doesn't have to jump into a lake. Yeah. So you know what? Niners... that is go ahead, Seth.
3: If the Niners get to the NFC championship game, I feel like I'm good either way, right? Because either they're going to the Super Bowl or I don't have to jump
1: into a lake. So I can't lose. Mm. Very interested. Um to see how this all plays out. Um, well, we did talk Eagles-Giants. For the record stats, who's going to win that game? Uh, we'll pick it and discuss it on the look ahead. But just oh. so the NFC's mixtape audience can get your thoughts. Philly's going to boat race them. It's not even going to be close. So you're laying the seven and a half. You're
3: fine. Oh, yeah. I would lay 10. I have no worries mm. about this, this game at all. Sounds think... like a
2: lock of the week candidate. From
3: Yeah, stores. I think Philly's going to hammer them.
1: Wow. Stats is notoriously very good at the locks of the week, Brandon. So um, you should feel very Shut safe up. Uh, about this. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, you're not here to talk Eagles-Giants. So I don't know why you went down that path, Stats. That's a mistake by you. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys will visit the San Francisco 49ers uh, on Sunday afternoon. The um, the the nightcap, so to speak, of the divisional round. Brandon, Stats and I did talk about this. Um, we, we defined this as a 30,000-foot perspective uh, on the Blog on the Boys Podcast Network. Stats is going to use that audio, too over at Niners Nation. So we wanted to get into like some matchup, more related things here on the mixtape. So maybe the first question should come from you, BLG, because you're the independent person here.
2: Well, Stats, you said you're super confident that the 49ers are going to beat the Cowboys. Why is that?
3: I just think that I remember how the 49ers played the Cowboys last year. Nick Bosa missed half of that game with a concussion. I don't know where the Cowboys are better, and the 49ers are clearly better offensively right now than they were last year so i just don't see why the game would be any different
1: i don't disagree with the notion that the niners are better uh, than, than they were a year ago um just something stats and i talked about i'm way more scared i wasn't scared at all last year uh, of the matchup i mean I, it was uh and i told rob this um I don't know if you remember, Brandon, the Niners won in week 18, which set in you know, motion a bunch of different playoff things. And that bumped Dallas up from the four seed to the three seed, which gave them the matchup of hosting the Niners in the wildcard round. And every Cowboys fan was pumped and was like, oh, hell yeah. Like we get Jimmy Garoppolo, whatever, um, and, and then got punched in the mouth. And so every Cowboys fan is, is afraid on, on some level. Like there's no Cowboys fan, I think, who thinks like this is going to be a boat racing sort of thing. Everyone has resigned themselves. This is going to be some sort of battle. Uh, Nick Bosa, this is maybe the most dominant season he's ever had. Stats, you can you can tell me if you disagree with that. And the Cowboys' offensive line isn't bad, but but it's it's kind of just average. And so um, it's 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 a really terrifying proposition. And even if you survive on offense, okay, cool. Now you have to go handle Kyle Shanahan's um, offense yourselves. And and I do think the Cowboys' defense is more organized. I guess to answer where they're better, uh, and they're not as dependent on turnovers. They're still getting them, but but they're not as dependent on them as they were a year ago.
3: So, okay so we've had like a very nice conversation on the ocho we had a nice talk i've just decided that this, this ain't going to be that okay i'm going yeah. full disrespect mode that's right he that's right. was all about i think this is what's going to happen bosa and company are going to get after dak and we're going to see league leading interception dak prescott and not <laughs> dak prescott from the tampa bay buccaneers because if you ask me the 49ers defense do a lot of things like Washington's defense. And how did Dak look the last
1: time he played Washington? I think that's a fair point. Um I I don't know and I I'm not look I'm I'm not going to be like bravado. <laughs> like I'm 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 you know telling you that right now cuz it would be stupid, um, but I will say I don't think it's fair to say like, well, how did Dak play against Washington? I don't think you should throw it away, but mm. but it, it was it was not their total and complete selves. I mean, we we learned that on Monday night, and I think you know even the Monday provided a little bit of hindsight, obviously, but they were not their total and complete selves even the week before the Thursday night in Tennessee. I mean, the last time we saw this, this is a really lame thing. Um, I I acknowledge, but I was talking about this on, on one of the hits I did this week. Um, so Mike McCarthy has rotating captains. I don't know if y'all knew that, um, you know, throughout the season every week it's different players. Uh, when the Cowboys played the Eagles, BLJ, I don't know if you knew this. Um, it was Dak Prescott on offense, Micah Parsons on defense. And, um, I think it was CJ Goodwin on special teams. And that is the, like, we're taking it serious lineup, right? Like that, that is the, like, you know, the, these would be the captains for the year if you're picking players or whatever, Um, like shout out to Connor McGovern or whatever, who who gets to be a captain one random week or whatever. But like, that's, <laughs> that's not like, you know, you, when you're laying it all on the line. And so Monday they, they set their playoff captains. They're not going to rotate them, whatever. And it was kind of that same crew that we saw against the Eagles. And so, my my point is that the cowboys took that philly game very very seriously because they knew there was a lot on the line they didn't take the titans and commanders games as seriously so stats i'm i'm with you like you know that that is fair and, and valuable data but i don't think you can you can take a huge takeaway from that game i don't think that that's you know i think that's a little bit disingenuous
2: well i have a question for you rj off of what stats is talking about here because i mean this is the best defense that the cowboys are going to play all year correct totally. all right what was the second one like what was what was the last like good defense that philly. the cowboys had to play yeah you would say it was the eagles yeah i mean i think we all respect washington's
1: defensive front right like we all think like they got some stuff to work with there right it's, it's cute it's interesting but like tennessee tennessee had a like kind of sneaky run defense i know you talked about that brandon when it was titans eagles week um but like the best overall defense they played before this was philly um and everybody made a big deal about the Gardner Minshew part of that but that was why cowboys fans were so excited because it was like Dak hung 40 on on what might be the best defense in the NFL, what might be the best mm. pair of cornerbacks in the NFL. And I know Maddox left the game and, and there were other pieces and elements. And, and short
2: fields with four turnovers. Yes.
1: But he still, he still had success. I mean, sure. he, had the, he had the pick six at the beginning that was terrible, but after that he was pretty flawless.
3: He got four field goals from Brett Maher. I'm not quite sure that that's going to be possible this week.
1: See, like, again, now we're like cherry picking. He was awful on Monday. It's not cherry
3: picking.
2: Right? It's a relevant concern. Well, but, like,
1: <laughs> it is a relevant concern, but like to say, like, he's going to be that guy versus the guy he was for 17 games prior is, again, I think a little bit disingenuous. Like, I'm definitely concerned about Brett Maher, and I don't know what the perfect answer is. Since we last spoke, I think uh, I last spoke to both of you. Uh, the Cowboys brought interest in Tristan Vizcaino for, on their practice squad. And I'll ask you both this if you were the Cowboys, would you have him active on Sunday? Because, what, what like, I, I go back and forth, and it's it's truly, like, a mental thing at this point. Like, if, if you don't, then you're kind of freeing Brett Maher, right? Like, we totally and completely believe in you. But what if he misses his first kick of, what, of you know, any kind? Then you're screwed. Like, you, like you don't have somebody. Like, it kind of makes sense to have a second kicker active based on what we just saw.
3: I think of the game situation, right? So, you're driving down. You're Dallas. You know, hey, look, I don't know how many times we're going to be able to get to this part of the field. It's fourth and four, right? At the 30-yard line. Do you kick the field goal? Do you go for it because you're too worried? Like, this is going to affect how McCarthy calls the game.
2: I think it could actually be a blessing in disguise if it encourages him to be more aggressive. That's my thought. I I would just, my answer, so no, I would not have him active. I would just lean towards being more aggressive. Now, obviously, there could be a situation where you can't really afford to do that because, right. like, you know, uh, game in the line or whatever, and then you just you have to make the kick. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would just go for it. I mean, I think that's the right answer. Because, like, look, against this 49ers defense, like, how many opportunities are you going to have to necessarily get points? You can't just always assume, in theory, at least going into the matchup, that, oh, we can score again later. Might not be able to. Might make sense to get as many points as you can while you can.
1: I agree with that completely. And I mean, I, the the hypothetical I brought up stats is fourth and four when it would be a 57 yard field goal. Like that's Maher's thing. And you brought that up. Like he's kind of like the downtown king. And it's like, it's funny that like he would miss four extra points when he's like perfect from 60 out. You know what I mean? Um, Jake Elliott it, used to, it, be, it used to just, be a thing. It's just yeah. a weird kind of, you know, dichotomy in that sense uh but yeah and like to your point brandon it works out if like the cowboys go for it and they get it right like because then it's like oh this really was a blessing in disguise but if they don't then you like place you know it's like reverse hindsight of like oh well if they had had maher they would have kicked that field goal instead of not getting that fourth down i mean it but is you're a... the
2: underdogs though like go for it like you're, you're not favored to win this game so you should be and being aggressive and trying to create an advantage
1: that's how i feel about the game overall stats and that's why like i'm i'm not like comforted by you you know, and I know we're having fun, but you being like, "Oh, I think the Niners are going to kick their ass" or anything, but like, I I don't know, I can't tell you the last. Uh, I think I brought up the '09 division around against the Vikings. That was Brett Favre's like golden year, or whatever, in Minnesota. That that was the last time that I was like, okay, they're like they're up against something like completely different here, and they got blown out in that game. I I can't really see them getting blown out. I mean, it's obviously possible in a world of infinite possibilities, but like, I I th- this is the team of you know not supposed to right, like they're not supposed to survive. Tyron smith getting her right before the season starts they're not supposed to survive having a a rookie you know playing at left tackle and then kicking him inside and back outside they're not supposed to survive five games without Dak prescott they're not supposed to survive and still have a flourishing offense without amari cooper and so like they're not supposed to we all thought on some level they're not supposed to go down to tampa and beat even a a weaker version of tom brady on the road in the navy uniforms on the grass that that grass thing was all jason garrett by the way i blame him specifically for bringing that up and making that a story. But so like, and that isn't like, oh, they're the not supposed to. So they're going to go slay the mighty 49ers. But like, I, I mean, I've I've learned to kind of trust them to to figure things out for the most part. That doesn't say, that's not to say that they always figured out or they're always right. But um, I'm with you, Brandon. Like they play like a not supposed to team.
3: You think you're the not supposed to team in this matchup?
1: I, I, I'm not saying they're the only one. I mean, like, and it, obviously the Niners have an incredible, like, I, who, who doesn't think that Kyle Shanahan's the best play caller in the NFL? Like, I would like to meet that person, right? And so I don't, I don't think anyone is trying to take away from Brock Purdy, but everyone understands, like, what Kyle Shanahan has built. He's he's Brock Purdy is Krang in the Ninja Turtles, right? He's the little brain <laughs> inside the, like, mighty machine monster. And so, I mean, while I understand the difference at the quarterback position, Kyle Shanahan does loom as the big bad wolf in this matchup. There's no big bad wolf on the Cowboys side.
3: First of all, you're being very nice. That's so making it very hard for me to continue to be a jerk, but I'm going to try like just a little thing that you said there. Uh, it's, it's so funny to me that the Cowboys are inventing things that they think they overcame, right? They you beat a broken down Tom Brady and you overcame grass and the color blue. <laughs> like, These what? Stupid.
1: I said they were stupid things. Like they are silly. And like, I mean, again, I, I, my point is I went into last year. And so I'm like kind of comparing it to, to what is recent. And look, I'll, I'll be the first one to tell you that I'm I'm very like new to this. Like you guys have had your teams in these big moments and whatever. Like I was thinking because everyone made a big deal about how it was the first road Cowboys playoff win since 1992. And I was trying to think of like the most recent ones for your teams. Right. There's a lot to choose from. Right, The first one that came to mind for Philly. Um, that wasn't the Super Bowl was the double doink game right in Chicago. Right. Like, boom. like, And it was like not even a thing. Right. It's like, oh, we won this playoff game on the road. Ho hum. You know what I mean? Like, like st- Standard operating procedure. Like, but for the and that's where like people so often blend the history of the Cowboys and the nostalgia of like that's who they're supposed to be. And they they put that responsibility on the shoulders of the current team, which is whatever. But like that that's these moments are are big time. Like you're talking about the color blue, that's a thing. Like that's a thing when you've lived that's this. That's not life. a thing. It the is color. like they, like I mean, it's I'm not saying that they deserve like a a statue for for winning a playoff game in their navy jerseys, but like it, it contributed to the level of anxiety that Cowboys fans felt. Is my point? Ah, uh, yeah, I mean.
3: I just that I don't look at that as any sort of accomplishment whatsoever, Cause especially because like
1: because because you're used to your team winning. And that's a very different feeling.
3: Do you want to hear a crazy stat? If the 49ers win this week, they will have not lost in the playoffs before the conference title game since 2002. Now, some how of many, those years, of course, they didn't make the playoffs, yeah. but it is a weird thing to get to the playoffs and go on this run like every time it's kind of wild and i keep telling niner fans
1: you better appreciate it because this is not normal you're the second person this week on the mixtape to bring up a stat like that um, What well, what is it blg um that ed brought up every time that the giants have won a playoff game since 2000 they've made the super bowl or something like that, <laughs> is that- Eli. What- Right? right, I when Eli mean, I would so make it,
3: the playoffs. He would go,
1: but all it proves is that like they were only successful those two times, and they were wildly successful when they were. But I mean, mm-hmm. it's it, it, it's not the same thing as your Niners' stat, but it's like the same in a literal sense. I don't know. What are your thoughts overall,
2: Brandon? Uh I wanted to ask stats. What is biggest? So you are so confident in the Forty ers then what's like your biggest concern you have to be worried about, or like cons- if you're going to be concerned about something, what does concern you? Tony Pollard.
3: He's incredibly explosive. He's clearly the best weapon the 49ers have just because it's easier to get him the ball than C.D. Lamb. Like, Dak still has to drop back and have pass protection and all that. You can just hand the ball to Tony Pollard. He is so explosive. He is so much better than Zeke. Like, every time the Cowboys hand the ball to Zeke, I'm going to say thank you. Like, that is a win for the 49ers because it's not in Tony Pollard's hands. If he can keep them ahead of the chains, especially having success on first down, that's going to open up Much more options for Dak, the play-action game, the deep passing game, which is really where the 49ers are vulnerable. They've given up eight touchdowns of 50 yards or more this year. That is the most in the NFL. So if Pollard is having success on first down early, then the Niners defense is going to be back on their heels a little bit, and that is not how they are built to succeed.
1: So I agree with you, obviously, that Tony Pard is amazing um and, and by far the most explosive weapon that the Cowboys have. Do either of you know, or would you guess? Maybe you don't remember stats, but Brandon, how many times did you guess Tony Pard touched the ball in the wild card matchup last year? I'm gonna say eight times. Stats what did you t- guess?
3: I was gonna say ten.
1: Six. And they oh. took a lot of criti- they took a lot of criticism for that. I mean, understandably. So um, it was a really rough day for the Cowboys in that sense. And Tony Pollard is incredibly explosive, but I think number two on this list that we all understand is is CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee had six touches as well. So you're talking about your two most explosive players touch the ball, you know, fewer than 15 times. Like, that's just that's not the way Tony Pollard had 15 carries on Monday night. It's just an example. Um, so like, I do think there is a sector of football fans that think the Cowboys are going to pound the rock with Zeke, but that that's, I can tell you, that's not who they are. Like they still use Zeke and incorporate Zeke, but he really kind of is just like their short yardage back at this point. Um, and Monday night was proof of that. Like what, you know, we saw Zeke utilize at different times of the season, but on Monday night when it was winter, go home, it was Tony Pard who had the most touches on the team as far as running backs are concerned.
3: Finally, so, I mean, what has taken so long, really?
1: I mean, he was the fourth overall pick and they fell in love with him and he's like the face of their... I'm not justifying this. I'm just, I'm just telling you what the answer is. Like, they the, the contract they gave him, they had to justify the contract, right? And so, and, and that's where... This is an off-season conversation, but it's like, are they going to give a contract to Tony Pollard now after they took all the heat? They're going to say like, well, no, you guys got mad at us for giving a contract to a running back and so we're not going to give it to Tony Pollard. And um, it just kind of is what it is. But I will say, you know, Cedric Wilson touched the ball a lot in the wildcard matchup last year, which was really stupid. Um, Although I love Cedric, but Dalton Schultz, I – if you if you told me last week like on monday morning like dalton schultz would would be the leading like target you know receiver for the cowboys in the the divisional round against san francisco i would have balked at that i've been like that's a losing strategy but he has really kind of come back to life that is the sort of like underrated offensive weapon the cowboys have going on is dalton schultz he's had two touchdown catches in two of his last three games and and he and dak when they are on Um, I did a radio hit this morning stats and you'll scoff at this. Somebody said, I think Schultz is going to be the better tight end of the game. I don't think that personally, (laughs) but, but I, I think that he's, I do think he's underrated is my point. Mm. That
3: could be, uh, but he's also going to have to go against Fred Warner, which, you know, that's not an easy assignment.
2: And George Kittle scores touchdowns now for the longest time.
3: Imagine that. Holy crap. George
2: Kittle for not scoring touchdowns. Hey, to my.
3: To my credit, I've said that to George Kittle's face. So, if, you know, I've called him out on it. Um, I don't know that
1: you get credit for that. In our well, life. if you're going
3: to say it, you know, on all our shows, when you get the chance to talk to the person, I think you it's only fair if you did bring you, it up. Did you
1: have the jersey behind you when you said it, uh, it? No, at that time, it was a Gore jersey. Right. I remember that. Um, interesting. Brandon, I have a question for you. Um, Former Eagle. Oh, that's true. <laughs> what a what a weird two weeks, or whatever it was like ten uh, minutes Brandon, or whatever. My my question to you: We talk a lot about seeing a path. What is the path to victory for each of these teams? Because stats and I are clearly biased in this mm-hmm. respect. So, like, what is the path for San Francisco? What is the path for Dallas?
2: I mean, the same Dak who showed up to Tampa, you know, clearly has to show up again here in San Francisco, or where is it again? Santa, Santa Clara, maybe Santa Clara. Yeah, dumb. Anyway, uh, I mean, you know. It's it's really it's very strange that uh, it's so far to me, and that's something that's not unique to just 49ers, but also literally every other team in the NFC. East All right, teams. Philly Stadium <laughs> is
1: in Philadelphia. We're talking so, about seeing
2: a path for these two teams. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that the same DAC has to show up. That's clear um, for the 49ers. I mean, I I don't really know what their weaknesses. I mean, stats. I, I've been wanting to to pose this question to you, like. When was the last i guess a really good 49ers win this season like like an impressive kind of like you know resume boasting that's not a term but what's the best yeah boosting what's the best win you think like if you can take one win to be really happy about and brag about which one would you pick
3: i mean they've scored at least 37 points in the last four games
2: which I think is pretty damn impressive. If you want to like, like, give me, give me an opponent. That was like really impressive that they beat. Yeah. Like a a quality win. Well, they
1: you put on your mantle. They
3: they torch the dolphins who at the time were playing great. And not only did they torch the dolphins, that's the game. Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. And Brock Purdy played 90% of the snaps. And he came in with no reps with the first team, not knowing, you know, anything really. And they beat Miami 33, 17. They crushed them. And that was with Tua.
2: Okay. It's a fair answer. I think they, you know, they kind of were faltering a little bit or started to afterwards and maybe, you know, give the 49ers credit for making them do that. Um, But point being is, I'm not saying the 49ers are frauds because I think what they've done is incredibly impressive. I'm also a big D'Amico Ryan fan. Um, But I just, you know, I'm looking at their schedule here and it's not like they are like chock full of, wow, they beat this team. And then part of that is just playing in the NFC. There aren't a lot of amazing (laughs) teams to play and they didn't play the Eagles or the Cowboys. In the regular season who are two of the more legitimate teams in this conference so um not blaming them but i guess if that's one thing maybe is that they just it's not so much path to victory as much as like maybe we're overrating the 49ers a little bit based on what they've done and to me like i'm not really the, the beating the seahawks to me wasn't like wow they beat the seahawks that's incredible i thought In both games, the 49ers played the Seahawks this year. They weren't even close. And the Seahawks really fell apart, I think, at the end of the season. They had an impressive run earlier in the season. So that wasn't, like, shocking to me. Um, You know, great win. And really impressive that they were able to dominate them in the end, despite the fact that they looked like they they were down at one point, 17 to 16. Um, But now I'm just rambling. I don't know.
3: (laughs) Well, first, they beat the Seahawks when the Seahawks are playing well in Week 2, 27 to 7. Sure. So, we we beat them when they were playing great, and we beat them when they were faltering, as you put it. We and was dominated the
1: in week two, just for full context. So, without my, Scott.
3: my question about the schedule thing, and I agree, like you can look at the 49ers schedule and call it into question. The problem, like you said, is if you don't play the Eagles or the Cowboys, who in the NFC could you have played where you have, would have been like, there's your impressive win? There's nobody
1: else. I mean, the answer to some extent would have been the Vikings, right? Like it, that was, a, again, I like, I'm not here to, you know, open that can of worms, but like the Eagles went over the Vikings was an impressive one, right. That we talked a lot about Brandon. Right. And obviously the Cowboys win and that, that really boosted the Packers stock like right near the end of the regular season. Um, And the giants, I think would have been, I mean, it wouldn't have been at the time, but like now looking back, like it's really impressive to say the Cowboys swept the giants, right. Like as an example, just because of, of what they've done, but yeah. Like is, is anybody like at the time I felt like the, the shutout of the saints was impressive for the 49ers. but again, it was kind of like well you know like you, you can kind of will you know everything it was away a thirteen
2: well. thirteen to zero too.
1: I know um so stats, I wanted to ask you a question like along these lines um i d- there And we talked about this, like not every fan represents the whole fan base. So like there are some, you know, Niners fans that are like, oh, we're going to blow out the Cowboys. And there are some Cowboys fans that are like Brock Purdy sucks. We're going to expose him. Nobody's here to say anything stupid like that. But I did see this tweet uh, floating around on Wednesday. um, And it was about the Purdy era specifically. And obviously it's been incredible. And the story and Shanahan, we know all the stuff. But it was about the or excuse me the defenses that and, and where they rank from an EPA perspective, uh, both you know from a pass and run perspective. But overall, these are the total EPA per play ranks for the defenses that the Niners have beat with Brock Purdy, Miami. And I, I'm not taking anything away from that game, but the fact that like. There was a change, right? It's a little weird, right? It's not like a week of preparation for that, but still they crushed them. Good for them. But Miami ranked 24th uh, defensively from an EPA per play standpoint. Tampa Bay 11th, and they crushed them. Seattle 26th. Washington 5th. We sat here, and like you said, we we threw some flowers their their way. Las Vegas 30th. Arizona 20th. Seattle 26th. Meanwhile, the Cowboys ranked 2nd, and the Eagles ranked 4th, if it does come to that, obviously, for the Niners. Is there any concern? Not that the Niners haven't played a great team, Like BLG was kind of dancing around, but that Brock Purdy hasn't played a great defense specifically.
3: Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that the Cowboys defense will be the best defense that he has played. But look at the scores of the games you're talking about, right? He's not just eking by. These aren't 13 to nothing victories that Brock has had. They are crushing teams, which is what you should do if you're a good team against a bad defense. So even if you want to say maybe the Niners will score. 10 less points than they usually score, that still puts them at about 28 points in the game, which is certainly enough to win with. So I agree that there could be a little regression there, a little return to earth, but with the way that they have been going, that's still going to be
1: certainly enough to win any game with the defense that they have. Do you think, you said this is probably the best defense that the Niners are going to play. Do you think this is the best team? Actually, I have two questions. Do you think this is the best team they're going to have played all year, and do you think this is the best quarterback that they're going to have played all year?
3: No, because they played the Chiefs
1: earlier. Oh, okay, season. okay, okay. Then second best. Obviously, Mahomes is Mahomes. Yeah, uh, most
3: complete. Headline:
2: team. RJ thinks Dak <laughs> is better than Mahomes.
3: Uh, I would say the most complete team for sure. Like the the Chiefs' defense is nowhere near the Cowboys' defense. You know, they play Justin Herbert, who can put up points. The Dolphins were putting up points at the time. So, like, they've played teams with one good unit, but I would say the Cowboys. And then if it gets to that point, the Eagles would definitely be the two most complete teams the Niners
2: have played.
1: Mm. Interesting. Brandon.
2: Stats and RJ, what's the uh, injury situation with each team? I want to get the inside intel here.
3: Rob, you're the guest. So for the Niners, they've been as healthy as they've been all year. Going into this playoff game against Seattle, there were only two starters that weren't available for the game. One of them was Trey Lance, and the other was Emmanuel Mosley, their second corner, who tore his ACL earlier in the year. They've got a couple guys that were limited yesterday with minor injuries, but I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to keep them out for the game. Uh, The one that does scare me a little is Javon Kinlaw was limited with a knee injury. That has been a recurring thing for him. He's had a ton of problems with it. Kyle Shanahan literally said this week he didn't think he was going to be able to come back and play at all this year. So to see him limited again with a knee injury is a little concerning because he's really a guy that takes up a bunch of space in the middle of that defensive line. If he's not there, that's going to be a lot easier for Tony Pollard, who, like I said earlier, is the thing that scares me about the Cowboys.
1: On the Cowboys side, everyone is, I mean, relatively healthy, rather. And by that, I mean, like looking like they're going to play. The only one is Jason Peters. and if you define him as a starter, that's up to you. I will say the Cowboys um, did start him on Monday night, which was strange. And they started him at left tackle. And they've again, had kind of a rotational system happening all season because of the Tyron Smith thing. Um, But, I mean, not that like having to move or adjust to that is not a big deal, but like it kind of isn't just because of the, the you know, changes they've had all year uh, from an offensive line standpoint, they'll have Tyler Smith at left tackle and Connor McGovern will play left guard and everything else will be the same. That does limit them from utilizing their jumbo package where they put McGovern at fullback. They, they don't do that a ton, but I mean, it is something at their availability if they want to do it. If McGovern is not starting at left guard. Um, so yeah, Jason Peters kind of the only one J Ron curse, you know, seems like he's going to play. That was a big one and, and he's going to be counted on to kind of neutralize George Kittle. I mean, that's, that's, you know, J Ron curse. He is one of the defensive captains of the Cowboys. He's been so good for them since they, nobody knew who he was when the Cowboys signed him before the 2021 <laughs> season, but, uh, he's really become one of the best players on the team. Um, but yeah, I mean, from an injury standpoint, the Cowboys are again about as healthy as you can be with the context of the fact that it's the divisional round of the playoffs.
2: All right, I'll fire another question out there. I think maybe I asked you this already, RJ, on a mixtape earlier this week in terms of what's the story if the Cowboys lose? And obviously, you know, there's context-dependent stuff going on here. But in general, like what is what is the story after the season? I already asked that question, to RJ, so I don't know if we need to revisit that. But with you stats, if the 49ers lose this game, Like, what is the story coming out of this one? Um, Maybe you can speculate how it would happen, but also, like, what does it mean? Like, what does this, what would a loss here mean for the 49ers?
3: It's really weird, right? Because going into the year, it was Super Bowl or bust. You have to do it. You know, you can't start Trey Lance because this is your Super Bowl window. And then, of course, they have all these quarterback injuries. So, on the one hand, it's like, well, they didn't win the Super Bowl. They're missing their window, right? Are they going to miss their chance? But on the other hand, because of all the quarterback injuries, I think it's, that is going to be kind of put aside and the narrative is going to become what happens at quarterback, right? Do you go with Brock next year? Do you go with Trey Lance and, and how they lose this game would matter too. Like if Brock throws four picks, it's certainly going to, you know, ignite that conversation a lot more than if he throws two touchdowns and no interceptions and the Cowboys just win in the end, you know? So I think how the Niners lose will be a factor, but it's not going to be the same kind of criticism that they would have gotten if it were Trey
1: Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo under center. I think that that general premise is true for the Cowboys. I know I answered it, Brandon, but in case anybody didn't hear, like I think you would both agree, like you've both been critical of Mike McCarthy, but again, like all jokes and kidding aside, like he's earned his, his like credit. Right. Like at this point, like the Cowboys would be stupid to move on from him. Right. Like they, they you know, we all think the Cowboys are a good team, right? Like we think the Cowboys would be in the mix next year, McCarthy, Dak, like all those silly narratives. Yes. We're really I put would to hate bed. to
2: see the Cowboys move on from Mike. I <laughs> think, so
1: again, like, um, Like, again, but you get my point. Like, like that, that was the story, like entering the season. And like, he has really dispelled that. and, And Dak has really dispelled it. And the fact that they've survived amid injuries, that is something that like the Niners do, right? Like, oh man, like the quarterback we traded heaven and earth for, like went down to injury. Like that would doom a lot of teams that has doomed the Cowboys in the past, but like, you know, I, I, I don't know that I've ever told you this stats in Mike McCarthy's opening press conference when he was hired by the Cowboys, the same one where he said he didn't actually watch all the games and all that stuff. Um, he was asked what team he specifically or like really enjoyed watching throughout that 2019 season that he obviously set out. And his answer, he said, I, I love Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. But so it is funny um, that I mean, well, like they went to the Super Bowl, right? Like, I'm, like, whoa, big, big la-di-da, like you liked one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, but so it is funny that like Shanahan would be the team who beat him last year, obviously in the wild card round. And then it would come to this, like that they would meet twice obviously in Dallas is only two playoff berths under him. So, um, like I, I'm not saying he's become Kyle Shanahan. Like, and I'm not trying to diminish Shanahan. Mike McCarthy's won a super bowl, whatever. But I mean, I do think he's earned his place and I think he's, he's, he's done what a lot of people thought he couldn't do with Dallas and he's turned the ship around. Like, think like. Does anybody think the Cowboys win the way they did on Monday night with Jason Garrett? And again, I'm not giving Mike McCarthy credit for not being Jason Garrett, but like he is he has gotten the team to a place that a lot of people haven't in the past.
3: That is true. Um, uh, but I want to go back to your your other point. I feel like the Cowboys have like the Cowboys wear 49ers pajamas a little bit. Like they're trying to be the
1: 49ers. They and are. the 49ers are the 49ers.
3: Dude, and I, I just mean, like
1: I, I, I don't know. So- uh, BLG you missed this I told stats on the Ocho um, that he was very kind to me and I, I think you would agree uh, based on the fact that his team beat mine in the playoffs last year and you would agree Brandon I would not be that gracious uh, given the result of the World Series um, and so stats never, stats has never even said that but like it, call it sad or silly or pathetic or whatever but like it should be noted because it was embarrassing that the Cowboys were very big losers about the way they lost to the 49ers. They whined and they complained and they deflected blame. we all talked about it. And, and Dak had the and low Dak, moment of, of yeah, celebrating. Yeah, I mean, it, to, it, was, it was the lowest.
2: Trash the refs. It was
1: the <laughs> lowest moment of Dak Prescott's football career. And it was the lowest moment that the Cowboys have had in a very long time. And they committed themselves to to not being that team anymore. They were soft. They were frauds. And and the Niners exposed them. And they, to your point, Stats, they said, we want to be like that. We, we want to be some glass eaters. And that was who they committed themselves to becoming. And and I think that, you know, identity is what has gotten them to this point. I don't know that it's enough to beat the inspiration for it, to your point. But but they did. They were truly inspired by the 49ers to become like them.
3: BLG, let me ask you a question. Because I think I know what RJ would say. But I'll ask you as C. Somewhat impartial observer, yes, very impartial. <laughs> I think, I think that much is clear, right? You're totally you have no bias against the that's right, whatsoever. I totally forgot the question I was about to oh, ask. Oh, I
2: thought you were gonna, I was excited. Yeah, that because, was, it was
1: super, that was a really, big, uh, we're was not, we're really not, a great we're question. We're not editing this Just out, need, stats, so no, like, yeah
2: we are keeping that in. Oh, my goodness. I, I like, even looked away, like because I thought I was. I was like, "Oh, Stats about to ask this like badass question." But. Yeah, I was like, that <laughs> pause was like awesome. I was like, "Holy crap, this is a good question." That's what true. were you just talking about,
3: RJ?
1: Damn it! Oh, the, the Niners, time. the Niners, like being the inspiration for the Cowboys and like how right. they were kind of forged in that, and they they became that. I don't know if it's and enough to become me that
2: something because it was impartial.
1: I can't. I totally lost. I. I kind Damn of it. I, I thought you were going to ask B L G. Like what it would be like if somebody tried to become the Eagles, or if the Eagles were trying to become. That was what. Oh,
2: I, I got, I got it. it. Okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. it is. He's got it.
3: I saw the clip of Dak on the Monday night. The go for bleeping two. Right. Yeah. And it made me think because Dak is he's very savvy. He's very smart and very aware in his career. That's why the the refs and the garbage thing was such a jarring right. thing for him to say. I feel like Dak recognizes the moment and I think he's Hmm. feeling the pressure a little bit of like, I'm the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. We haven't done it. Everyone's talking trash about us. Everyone's talking trash about me specifically, especially in the playoffs. And I don't want to get knocked out of the playoffs again because of some stupid kicker. I think that to me showed that he's feeling
2: the heat a little bit. Would you agree? So Dak is okay with other people, you know, throwing trash, but he's not okay when the trash is coming his way. Um, I do think there's something to that. And there should be, right? Because Dak, prior to Monday night, had only won one playoff game. And it was against the Seahawks. And RJ is going to love what I'm about to bring up. And they were not in tr- the Seahawks were, for some reason, not trying to win that game because they refused to I mean, pass the ball. I've Russell had this Wilson.
1: conversation for four years. I have no, like, you're not like hurting me. So I don't no, know. I'm not hurting you. I'm just saying you hate when I
2: bring, or probably annoyed when I bring it up um it's that was just like the most perplexing game i've ever watched anyway uh and now they beat the bucks but okay people are gonna be like oh it's just the bucks you know it's tom brady they they were below 500 they finished eight and ten and include they had there were six teams that had only six teams that only that had a worse point differential than they they were not a good team they should not have been having a home game in the playoffs but now is the chance to go out and it's it's the opportunity to beat the team that ended your season and very it's like redemption that's is what this season is all leading up to and if you lose like i said on the the mixtape earlier this week it's just it's very much is this this team ceiling like we, we can maybe win a playoff game but then we're just going to get beat by the stats minutes. stats, st- just stats left for a second we're going to
1: keep that again we're going to keep all this in
2: um, okay is he okay did he have to I, go I don't think he had to go. Um, what if he just got bored and just left the show? Um, he hasn't sent me a Slack message, so mm, um, maybe his, his connection went out. I thought he was like moving. I didn't think he like disconnected.
1: While we're waiting for him to come back, how embarrassing was
2: it that he um like forgot his question?
1: <laughs> like, I
2: maybe? do that all the time. I like I have a bad. Sh- I have I'm really good at remembering things long term. I have a really good memory and weird specific details. But well, that's, that's why you
1: have the job. Like, that's how we have the jobs to do. Because you can remember, like, sure. you know, weird Eagles things or whatever.
2: But I forget, like, you know, I'll put my phone down somewhere. And I'll be like, where did I put my phone? And I just did it, like, mm-hmm. 10 seconds ago. I have, like, no idea where it was. I just, for some reason, I just space things like that. So I do that all the time where I'll forget things. Uh, so I can't blame stats there. And, you know, look, you do a lot of podcasts like we do. Um, that's going to happen. Because you're talking for a long time, you're just going to eventually lose your train of thought.
4: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: While we try to buy time, uh, you mentioned putting your phone down. When you put it down, we brought up the, uh, like, what direction do you rotate your phone? Do you put your phone down with the screen facing down? I or literally have
2: my phone with the screen facing down right next to my laptop right now. So you
1: go screen facing down?
2: Yeah, because I don't, I like to protect, I don't know, the screen, I guess. And also, I have go. the iPhone with the, you know, the, the like, whatever, the three camera thing on the back. Right. So that kind of bumps out a little bit. And it's not, if you lay it down, on the uh, side, then, it's not. And it's like, like kind of like, like, topsy turvy, yeah, whatever. It's yeah, kinda even. it kind of could move uh, a little bit more. Whereas when I, I put it the face down, it's more secure. It's not going to like move or shake anywhere. Yeah
1: uh stat said he thinks he lost internet he actually he said hang on so we have to keep tap dancing here i usually go um screen up i think but i will say this if i'm like if the wife and i are watching a movie or something i go screen down you know because we're like you know we've got like the lighting and everything like i don't want the like the flash it, you know what i mean on, like happening sure. or whatever um what other random things can we stall with? by the way
2: i ended up seeing uh m3gan or megan oh uh, yeah, i haven't seen that but Okay. I'm not going to spoil anything, but what is it, What is up with people talking in the theater? Is that, like, something people just do now? Have you gone um, anywhere? Like, I feel like I, I don't very, go to a very ton of movies. By the way, like,
1: what is up with people yeah, talking
2: in the theater? did. <laughs> but it's true. I, I've gone twice in the past, I don't know, maybe month, which is a lot for me. Usually, I go, I go to the movies, like, maybe, I don't know, five, four or five times a year. Not a, not a ton. They're too long. But I, the last couple times I went, it's got people talking. It's like, what what is this? And it's also, I don't know, maybe... It's one thing if it's like short and it's during a loud sequence. I don't know. I'm not saying like, you know, there aren't uh, extenuating circumstances or whatever. But this was like during some quiet parts, too. And I'm like, mm, seriously, that's not cool. Cool. Yeah. I can hear like every word you're saying. Um, I
1: will say this. I'm very particular about like strategizing like the movie theater experience. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I will specifically go pee. Um, like d- after one trailer, you know what I mean? Because I, I want to empty the tank. You know what I mean? Like I want to make sure I don't have to go when the movie's on. By the way, that means this week on both mixtapes, I've referenced poop and pee. Uh, yeah, what is so- going on here? <laughs> so uh, that's that. I was thinking about this um along these lines because we do have to keep uh, tap dancing, obviously. Um, I think the last movie I saw in theaters was Avengers Endgame. I'm pretty certain. Wow. Um, yeah. I don't. I haven't been since the pandemic began. Sure. Um, and just like at th- at this point, like don't you know want to come in or like i don't i don't feel the need to go to a movie um
2: are typing something to yeah. stats
1: well stats sent me a message said black screens and silence that could be like an album name
2: uh yeah that's good which band uh you always you're referring like to, you have like a lot of deep cut like angsty i feel like uh alternative stuff you'll mention on like you bring up like dashboard confessional vindicated great song um, great song
1: i mean i remember that song more because of the movie though because of spider-man 2 like um also, i'm not a big like dashboard fan what was the yeah. other big one they had um hands Stolen. was it hands down hands down uh,
2: hands down probably yeah. the biggest one good one um
1: i think i sent you an instagram message once when you were i don't know if you posted on your story was it coheed and cambria yes cambria? yeah there
2: um, famously my tw- twitter uh header right, right
1: right uh the suffering is one of my all-time favorite songs um and
2: and so. it and the cool thing about that, and stats is back here, by the way, for the audio listeners. So we'll get to him in a bit. But just the last thing on that is that I like it when a band um, has different songs, like kind of kind of genre songs. Like this, like the suffering, for example, is more like a, a more poppy song for them, right. whereas they have more metal songs or um, even some slower songs. So,
1: yeah, it's like I mean, it's like synthetic pop. Like it's cool. Like people like um, what is it? The nineteen seventy five? Like they like that group now. Like that's like the suffering is kind of kind of that vibe like same, for you know for me uh stats are you a, a coheed fan no nope are you do a deaf cat do you like fan? music stats i love music are you kidding
3: me i, absolutely I don't know love music. what
1: are, what are your some it. like like songs that you liked in high school stats let's give us the, give us
2: those you that you had the a track can't, can't name a song Love music a, <laughs> i do can't name a song
3: <laughs> i was a john mayer fan in high school a big okay, john mayer fan uh that is
2: a very well, what do you like fan. now
3: I don't like any new I don't know any new music
2: now. Wow. Well, I mean, I don't, it doesn't have to be a new music, but just like what would you listen? Let's say you're, after this podcast, you're going to go listen to some music. What are you going to put on?
3: I would put on anything except country or like mm. death metal. Wow. Can you it's play little,
1: any musical instrument stats?
3: Uh, yeah, you used to play the piano when I was a kid. Nice. Wow. I love a
1: piano. Great okay. instrument. For I can play the xylophone, xylophone which is the same thing, like from a you know, note standpoint, but wow. Okay uh you should be really proud of the stats we tap danced a lot while you I'm were sorry, super there's a con, there's an xfinity person
3: like literally on my street fiddling with stuff so i just went outside and screamed at them and uh um, we're
1: back okay well, i'm brandon was kind of finishing his point um that you brought up and i think i can't remember this point like all the podcasts blend together for me like you guys know what this week is like but, i was to, to
2: tie a bow on what i was saying <laughs> like 10 minutes later I, I was saying that it would just feel i feel like for cowboy sands similar to some points of the jason garrett era where it's like you just feel like there's this ceiling like we can't get by it we can't we didn't make the championship game again we lost to the 49ers again and it's just like what was this great year for like what is it all for and and how are we going to get better how do we actually get this monkey off our back and finally break through
1: Sets so, so you i wanted to talk about what brandon said but you raised your hand very politely. So I don't know if you wanted to clap back on something. No, I was just ready in case you would, we going to pull a me BLG
3: and forget where we were. I had remembered oh. the thread, So go ahead, RJ.
1: Well, stats, I agree. And I've, I've talked about this a lot um, on different shows, obviously, but, um, and I, I can't, I really can't remember if I brought it up to you, but the Dak um, go for effing two line, um, you know, about Brett Maher. And I agree with what Brandon said about how, like, there's a clear, like pressure and because there should be, right. Like, and, and we all agree, like, no, I, I'm, this is not a shot on Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy or, or Patrick Mahomes, but like, it's a little bit different, right. For Dak Prescott and the pressure and like the, the ghost that, that he's chasing and fighting and, and the, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I can tell you, and you brought it up stats, like I have never ever except for the post-game you know moment and that wasn't on the field like I've never seen Dak like show that kind of emotion mid-game in seven years I've, I've never seen that um so it was, it was very strange and I do think I, I I hate to put things into like the momentum category or whatever people used to say at the beginning of Dak's career when he was a rookie because he would practice horribly they would be like well he's he's a gamer right like he, he's not a practice court like, I mean you've both heard that to some extent um yes I I do think there is something I don't think it's a I don't know how much of a deal I think it is. I think it's a non-zero thing. I, I think that the pressure can enhance players, obviously, or or hinder them. Brett Maher is a, a great example. But I, I do think that, that that was working to Dak's benefit on Monday night. I do think that Dak was like, this one is for, for me. Like, no offense to, and, you know, I've, I've made this joke a lot of, you know, this week, no offense to Leighton Vander or J Ron curse or Trayvon Diggs or Deron bland or Michael Gallup. This does not impact their lives the way that it impacts mine. And I, I do think that we saw Dak play that way. And and I think that they've tried the Cowboys as a whole, and this does predate Dak and Zeke to that point. They've tried to ignore that. They, they've tried to be like, no, we, we, it's just another game. And I, I think there's something to like embracing the fear, like, like, you know, to go back to music I, and we talked about this at BTV, Papa Roach said it. The the scars remind us that the pain, like the pain is real. Like See, like there's it, another one of those references. The, the the pain is so real, and the pain is staring you right in the face this week. If you're the Cowboys, like that is the team that like they they cut you. They they're the ones who gave you that scar that you wear. Um, and so I I do think it's a it's a powerful reminder. Obviously, it can serve to to make you kind of play too hard and and maybe get in over your skis. Life. This is
3: their last resort.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Geez. See, I like music. I, d- I do think wow it's <laughs> part of it we, we might be overrating part of it or overstating p- part of it's just like a natural human reaction right, right. We, all, we all felt the same way We're like <laughs> literally just go for two at this point like come on what are we like what are we doing here and I, um, I
1: think people there are i think you both agree there are some people that are like what a loser Dak!" like come on bro you threw in it's like mm-hmm. dude come on like he just had a natural human reaction he was frustrated and, and he let his emotions get the better of him yeah i have no i, I have no that.
2: problem with it well
1: I, i've seen some of, so uh there was a clip i don't know if you guys saw it um the, the dallas team does a great job but this sounds from the sideline series yeah cd lamb was up. pumping him up right and so like i tweeted the cd lamb uh clip out and cd was really actually very sweet um you know he was like and he said dude you've bailed us out you know what i mean like so we've got you and there there were several i mean it was a handful of people that were like oh yeah meanwhile Dak is slamming his helmet it's like oh, well, just Chill yeah. out, yeah because <laughs> nobody's gonna rip cd lamb or maher the way they're gonna rip Dak if the cowboys get eliminated so it's and just to to piggyback off that point stats I think there are two people that acted you know with that authority on Monday night and we'll see what they do on Sunday and Dak is one of them Mike McCarthy is the other like they're the two who acted like our our football lives are on the line like pe- people are going to say things about us contingent upon what happens here tonight and you know they played the way they did and so th- this is and, and to your point Brandon I mean This is why you were hired, Mike McCarthy. Like, yeah, I I will give you all the props in the world for for doing this and persevering and surviving, you know, all of the chaos that this season brought. But the Niners had a lot of chaos. The Eagles had chaos. Everybody has some chaos to some degree. You were hired. Jason Garrett got here. Jason Garrett got to this point three times. You were hired to get past this point. The Niners are in your way. That sucks, man. Even if you get to the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes might be in your way. At some point, you have to be enough. You have to be the reason. And they played like that on Monday night. And, I don't know that it'll be enough, but I I do trust them to to play that way, to give it their all. It just might not be enough this week. I don't know if that makes sense.
2: I have one more question, and it's for the both of you, and it relates to what, something we talked about with Ed Valentine earlier this week. And part of why Ed is excited for this week's Eagles Giants game is that all the pressure yeah, but, is on so the it's Eagles. So, like, oh, what a, what a how stupid! Of Ed <laughs> yeah, there was a tone for, there. For, <laughs> that was so. Yeah, dismissive. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't trying to do that. Uh, sorry, but. <laughs> Part of the reason he said he's so excited is that, well, I think part of it is a little funny because it's like when you're the underdogs, yes, you have less pressure, but also you're not as good. So, so they're you know, it goes hand in hand. But anyway, getting to the spirit of the question, Ed was saying, you know, all the pressure is on the Eagles, and certainly that's true. The Giants are playing with house money, the Eagles, you know, they've had this historical season franchise record for a team wins in the regular season with 14, obviously you had the 17th game, but still in a lot of metrics, they they almost broke the single season uh, or the, yeah the sack record set by any team in a season. Like they've done a lot of great accomplishments, but what does it mean if you just get bounced in your first (laughs) game? Is this about the
1: Niners and Cowboys?
2: Yeah, I'm getting to it. Hold on. (laughs) Slow, Slow your roll. So I'll ask both of you, which team is facing more pressure in this matchup, starting with stats? It's weird to say,
3: but I think it's the Cowboys because of the Brock Purdy thing. Like, who's going to rip on the 49ers for not getting to the NFC Championship with their third-string rookie quarterback who was the last pick in the draft? Like, are you really going to bang on them? If it was Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, I think it would be the Niners by far. But now I think it's the Cowboys because of everything we just talked about. Kyle Shanahan getting fired if the Cowboys lose. Mike McCarthy might.
1: Oh, stats.
3: I think it's a slim chance. And for the record, I don't think he deserves to get fired. But he, you can't rule it out, RJ, with, especially with Sean can, Payton sitting there.
2: If they got, if they lost, like let's say forty-two to zero, there's zero chance he gets fired. If the Eagles lost sixty to zero to the Giants, is Nick Sirianni get no. fired? No, no, he wouldn't because he went fourteen and three. <laughs> okay, and also there isn't Sean Payton looming <laughs> out the there thing. the way he is for the Cowboys. I okay,
1: the Sean Payton, like that's why I don't think that. I mean, I. I don't know. I, I think you can define pressure a different way. I think that's fair stats, right? Like, the Cowboys have the better quarterback, right? Like, some would argue they have the better defensive player. Like, that is where, like, I think the votes are truly split, right? Like, that, if, if you ranked every single element of this game, like, the the most contentious one would be, like, Nick Bosa versus Micah Parsons, right? Um, I, I would it does feel very flipped for me versus a year ago. And even the way you and I are acting stats and not not that that has anything to do with the game, but like you said on the outro, you were like, I don't have any like real doubt. Like I'm very confident that the Niners." Mm -hmm. what was the stats or the stat that you brought up stats? Can you tell Brandon about the the 17 plays or that? That was so stupid. I know I asked you the
3: Niners have had, there were 17 plays last week where the Niners had their base personnel on the field. And I'm talking Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, and Kyle use in those seventeen plays,
1: the Niners averaged more than fifteen yards per play. <laughs> and that that's why I, I do think the pressure from my perspective, obviously, is on the Niners, because it's like, mm. okay, cool. They this have is Rob- exactly what I wanted. <laughs> but it's like, okay, like I do think a lot not everyone, obviously, but I think a lot of people are like, okay, cool. They have Brock Purdy, but look at look at Kyle Shanahan's system. BLG, you said, like, I can't really find the weakness on this team. Like, that's how a lot of people tend to feel. The Niners are literally the favorites, right? Um, You look at any kind of picks. I don't know what the SB Nation picks are going to look like yet, but I'm assuming you both are picking the Niners to win. I mean, mm-hmm. so, like, I, I think, you know, the Cowboys are in that literal technical sense the underdog, they're going to San Francisco to face their daddies, the team who, who beat them last year, who beat them into submission, who forced them to acknowledge that they were frauds and who beat them so badly that the Cowboys wanted to become them. Like, I mean, how, how they own them. Like, you know what I mean? They, they own them in that sense. And so, um, and, and, you know, everybody's like, oh, the Niners have two days of extra rest and all these stupid little things. So I I think the Niners are under a teeny bit more pressure. I don't think it's massive. I would say it's like 51, 49, maybe 52, 48.
2: Yeah. I I think they're both under pressure to give my answer, but I actually do think the 49ers are under more pressure. I mean, when you're a team that's won 10 games going into the postseason, and now even, oh, sorry. Going into the postseason, yeah, and now 11 here. And you have the best betting odds now. They've overtaken the Eagles in the NFC. And I think just even from like a, like a vibe, like any kind of podcast you listen to, like the SB Nation, NFL show or whatever, kind of national coverage, I think most people would agree. If you're going to rank the teams right now, everyone, I think most people would put the 49ers ahead of the Eagles. I think everyone views them as the top team in the NFC. So I think there's a lot of pressure on them uh, to be this team that everyone thinks they are. Uh, whereas the Cowboys, again, there's still pressure. Don't get me wrong, but I just think it's less than San Francisco's.
1: I also think, and and stats, I don't know how much you agree with this, but there was something to like, when, when the Niners walked out to the field last year, out of the locker room with the, what was it? The boom box and everything like that. Like. At the, in the moment, because I was so caught up, I was like, this is stupid. But, like, looking back, it was like, that was it. <laughs> like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was over. Like, they knew they were the better team. But they knew it, like, quietly to themselves. You know what I mean? Like, and it feels like, and again, like, I'm, I'm not trying to, like, make things out of nothing. But it feels like now they're like, everyone acknowledges. You know what I mean? Like, so there is, like, a more external pressure in that sense. Like, it, it was an ass kicking that they handed the Cowboys. And now they're like, yeah, we're going to do it again. It felt like they were more comfortable working in the dark I think "They're crawling in the dark. It's a great song by who was.
3: <laughs> so is the reason. Um, it's there was a moment in the, much in the game against the Cowboys last year. It was early and I forget who the defender was, but somebody was, they lined up and they were like, we're going to drill Debo Samuel and we're going to show the 49ers that we're here. And they lined up and boom, they hit Debo and he didn't even fall down. He took like a step backwards and he was just like, what's up? I think the Cowboys are going to try to do that again on Sunday. I really do, because of all the stuff you've been talking about. And it'll be interesting to see
1: you know, if the same thing happens or if they do punch the 49ers in the mouth early. I think these are two really united teams. Um, I saw Kyle tweeted about this during the Seahawks game. About like I don't remember what the data was, but like after the dirty play, the like rolling of Debo's ankle, it was like a hundred to nothing. Like basically, like it was like complete and total domination from that point. I the Cowboys have some of that in them too. Like again, they're they're not the Niners, but they do have some level of like unity and and like us against the world because it's not only them against like the world and a lot of people to brandon's point are picking the niners but it's them against like history it's like Dak, you're not as good as romo michael you're not as good as where you know all these guys like you're just you're just you know living off of the you know accomplishments of many people and players and teams who have come before you so like you're not fitting to be here you don't belong in this echelon of dallas cowboys franchise history and i'm not saying the niners don't have a, a storied history either but um, it's, it's a weird matchup. I haven't felt this way and this it's not good or bad. I just, I haven't felt like this in a, in a playoff game before.
3: It's funny that you mentioned the Niners like getting fired up. You know who else gets fired up in that situation? Kyle Shanahan. So he ran on the field after that happened and he kind of like throws a shoulder into one of the Seahawks players. And then the Niners, the next five plays are all runs. Cause I think Kyle just got mad. He was like, run, 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 run. And then on their next drive, they go short pass to Debo Samuel for a first down, and they go end up going all the way down the field and scoring another touchdown. Like I think it fired Shanahan up to be like, all right, now I'm going to go for the throat.
1: Mm. I think we should get out of here, right, because we still have to save some stuff to talk about on the look ahead (laughs) when it comes to this game. Uh, So I have two final questions, one for each of you. Brandon, who wins this game? Do you reserve the right to change or adjust or whatever when we do official, official, official picks on the look ahead? cowboys win whoa I, I, actually my second question who who would you rather win is it as an like presuming the eagles win who yeah. who would you want who would you rather face cowboys interesting is that why you're picking them <laughs> it's like you're Even, trying to create the most favorable no that's interesting because the cowboys no,
2: i genuinely think it
1: Dak has owned the eagles hmm. he's well, I mean, in a literal sense, he is seven and three in his last ten games against the Eagles. He's nine and one. What was Tom Brady's record against uh, I'm just telling West you, troop? like I'm, I'm, I'm look, we're we're gonna have like content to create if this ends up being the case. He's seven and three in his last ten against the Eagles, and he's nine and one in his last ten against the Giants. If it came to that, obviously. Um, so that would be interesting. Stats, my question to you is do you think the winner of this game wins next week? Mm, regardless yeah. of who they play.
2: That's a good question. No,
3: I can't say that because as confident as I am right now, I would go into the Eagles game a little One well, Obviously, <laughs> like,
1: obviously there's some like necessary context that we don't have, right? Like how they looked or how, who looked or injuries, mm-hmm. whatever the case, but in a general sense, like trusting the teams as you know them to be today.
2: And knowing that the uh, team they play next week will also have not that this is everything, but they'll also have an arrest advantage.
1: Yeah. I,
3: I don't, I would be surprised if the 49ers lost this week, I would not be surprised if they lost to the Eagles. So I have to say no
1: would you take the winner of this game against the Giants yes, though 100
3: percent.
2: okay I mean yeah I mean I think so, anyone would. okay
1: so like so you're you're saying just so we're all like cool I mean you know we're friends we'll keep talking but we all think that Cowboys Niners would both be the Giants. we all think all three of these teams would beat the Giants um yeah but we yes. all agree that Cowboys or Niners against the Eagles is a bit more of a coin flip
2: agreed I wow. think eagles beat the cowboys i don't know how to feel about the 49ers i just think specifically how that defense matches up against the eagles offense is a big question mark
3: but Mm. if you're if you're not sure how the eagles would play against the 49ers why do you think the cowboys are going to beat the 49ers
2: because i think that actually
1: yeah that's that's the question why do you because you picked them why do you think the cowboys are going to beat the niners
2: um What's my biggest reason for anything that I do in life? What is oh the my gosh, one he's word? On vibes. It's all vibes, baby. Who's, what are, are the, the vibes? The, who's got
1: maybe? better vibes like, are, than the Niners? What are the positive <sighs> and negative vibes here?
2: It's tough. It's so the vibes are. Look, this is why I am paid the to read <laughs> these kind of things to anal- <laughs> an, analyze these kind of vibes. It's, tough, it's not easy. but I, I think they both have some going in their favor. I just think, again, coming back to the pressure of it all, it's very unique compared to years past where I think the Cowboys just have so much pressure on them and going into any given matchup. It was always them. And I, I think this is a rare time where they don't have that working against them.
1: I've, I've mentioned this before and, and put whatever stock in it you want to, but I don't know who brought this up. It was somebody who tweeted at me a long time ago when the Cowboys clinched their playoff berth this year. Um, like I think the reason there's been so much pressure on the Cowboys in the past is because they haven't been like a playoff team consistently. Right. It's so like every opportunity has like, therefore been a little bit more precious. Right. Cause it's like, man, they're probably not going to be able to like, that's their thing, right. They can't get back next year. So you have to do it now, which is what, what again, kind of like, I don't know if, if you agree that that kind of adds to the feeling of like, it's not house money, but it's like, okay, now you're just like a team. Like you're a team who normally does this. And like, maybe this is your time to kind of break through there. Like, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm curious for your thoughts.
2: Well, maybe I'm too guilty of uh, being the hero of our own narrative here, but I also just feel like doesn't it feel can't you or doesn't can't you envision the world where we get the Eagles Cowboys rubber match where Jalen Hurts and Dak Prost got, finally actually get to play each other this year after the first two games? Like, doesn't that feel like oh yeah, we're definitely getting that? Like, of course that's gonna at least once it happens, I'll be oh of course this happened because this is gonna settle it once and for all.
1: Yeah, I can talk myself into like the, of course, for any of these permutations. Like I can even talk myself into like, oh, of course it would be like Niners Giants, right? Like the, you know, the, the big bad wolf. And and, well, like, I mean, again, if we're talking about the story, it's like, it's like the mighty Niners against the like underdog Giants, right? Like they're the, they're the little Giants against the big bad 49 Here's how
3: you talk yourself into that. The Niners could potentially be on an incredible redemption playoff tour, right? First playoff game. Seahawks who of course beat them in 2013 and the, the big rivalry there. Now they've Ooh, got the Cowboys 2011. the Cowboys who of course the you know 49ers biggest rival forever. You've got that. Then it's possible the Niners play the Giants in the NFC Championship game. That would be redemption for 2011 and for stopping the threepeat. Yeah. And then even if you take it further, they could potentially play the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, who, of course, beat them in 2019. So like you're talking about in a single playoffs, healing a lot of wounds if it were to happen, which admittedly, that's skipping ahead.
2: That's Steph. where the uh, Ahmad Bradshaw non fumble is just the worst call in NFL history. It's it's the worst call. It's just too soon. the whistle could not have been blown any faster ever in any kind of play ever, just to say, Oh, that wasn't a fumble. Are you kidding me? That's I'm curious, a fumble. To get
1: back to kind of like what became the like the main point that we discussed, like pressure. Um, I'm very curious to like because I think any matchup the Eagles are in, the pressure is on them based on like the way they've played this season. And and so I'm very curious to see, like, because to Stats' point, like, there would be some, like, non-pressure on the Niners if it was, like, Niners Chiefs or something like that. Or not, even Niners Bills, I think, would kind of work out that way. Um, the redemption – and, like, I thought about it because, like, the Cowboys are on their, like, own redemption tour, right? They got Brady. They had never beaten him before, right? The Niners are literally the team who beat them last year. I don't think there's any redemption that the Cowboys could have against the Eagles because because redemption implies there's, like, a one-sided thing the Cowboys and Eagles has been fairly like even Steven for the most part in the regular season, but the redemption, if you want to go your route stats would be 2007, right? Like, you know, giants come to town, they, they knock off one of the bigger, better teams in Cowboys history. Uh, But like, what is the, I know this was Cowboys Niners, but I'll ask you stats. What is the redemption angle for the Eagles? Like they're, they're the, they're the, the, the sitting favorite. They're the ones who have to prove this, right? I think for the Eagles, it would be, everybody
3: thinks our Super Bowl was a fluke. With Nick Foles. Ooh. Now we've been the oh best gosh. team all year. <laughs> and with Jalen Hurts, we've been steamrolling people. We're the number one seed. What are you going to say now? Like, now is this one, does this one not count either? So uh, that's what I, if I were an Eagle fan, that's what I would say. Is that unfair, BLG? I don't,
2: it's not like redemption, but it's just kind of the leave no doubt, I guess you can kind of say yeah, of it. That's a good uh, to to your point. And it just, it would be extremely satisfying the path where they beat okay, the Giants division rival, not that great, but still, okay, you knocked out a division rival. That's kind of a fun angle uh, as opposed to, you know, let's say like 2017 when they beat the Falcons. Like there's not, there wasn't a lot of juice for beating. I know the Falcons were in the Super Bowl the year before, but it's not like there's they not were the Falcons. animosity. Yeah, it's, it's like, it was to,
1: to, to your point, if you get to the Super Bowl by beating two division rivals, like you can forever say that, you know what I mean? Like remember yeah, 2022 when we when we beat the division rivals, like three teams beat, made the playoffs and we beat them both like on the way.
2: And then be your former head coach potentially and Andy Reid and Mahomes. I, oh, I right. thought you were gonna go with Doug or Peterson. Doug Peterson. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I would love that. Sorry, Doug. But also, um, but no, yeah, I'm gonna say uh Andy here and you know Mahomes, who is you know gonna win the MVP, and which some people are gonna feel like Hurts got robbed of that. And like and if and know, if your
1: two Super Bowls were against Brady and Mahomes, that'd be pretty
2: that's pretty, pretty sweet. good. It'd be, it'd be, yeah, that's a great point. And also, like, you know, who cares about MVP if Hertz is winning Super Bowl MVP?
1: See, like, I think for me like if if I was an Eagles fan, the, the like angle is hurts, right? Like the angle, if they pulled it off, it would be like, we told you that, that Rocky three week stretch when, when he missed and the shoulder and everything, you guys that you all took your, your laps right then. Well, guess what? Like, yeah, you know, it it was when he's here, it's all whatever, you know, like that. I mean, define it, word it, how you want, but um, Holy crap. um, I'm a little bit more scared than I was, which was already a (laughs) lot. It's going to be fun uh stats you get the last thing or brandon you said one oh you said this a minute ago one last quick thing did you say that, that was a while, while ago
2: thing?
1: what was the last quick thing
2: the pressure thing or uh i don't know who knows but uh listen to the espionation nfl show that's mm. my last thought
1: stats your last thought will be to offer us a piece of life advice that everyone can use in their life every day moving forward
3: nobody's ever argued their way to happiness